0: are you feeling stuck lost tired or uninspired we've all been there including myself i'm coach des mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur i'm here to tell you that the best unapologetic and limitless version of yourself is yet to come The Born Unbreakable podcast is here to inspire just that. With motivating guests from all different walks of life and around the world, their stories will empower you to unlock abundance and your unbreakable spirit. Do you need accountability? Reach out to me for a free consultation of how I can support you in reaching your maximum potential. This episode is brought to you by Korma Date Coffee, the healthy alternative to coffee. This delicious date coffee has the health benefits of giving you natural energy, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, and fiber. Best of all, Korma is caffeine free. No jitters, no anxiety, and no afternoon crash go to Korma that's kormacafe.com that's k o r m a c a f e.com and enter discount code bornunbreakable at checkout to get 10% off your order 3 2 1 welcome to the born unbreakable podcast i've been looking forward to this episode to interview my guest today mike malatesta who is many things He's an entrepreneur, first and foremost. So we're absolutely going to be talking about entrepreneurship today. He's also a fellow podcaster. So I very much admire that because he knows exactly what it takes to host a podcast and do all of the things to to manage one. So I'm in a good company here. He's a trusted advisor, and he's also an author. So we'll be talking about his book. Uh, He's helped to start, grow, and sell two successful waste management companies that sold in the eight and nine figures, which is very impressive. He helps entrepreneurs to get unstuck, take back their power and achieve their business and personal objectives to create the future that they want. The name of his podcast is How'd, How'd It Happen, which I think is brilliant. Thank you. So he talks about with entrepreneurs, and actually people from all all walks of life, how they achieve their success. So definitely the first ask that I'm going to have of you today is to go out wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple or Spotify or Stitcher, um, to go ahead and subscribe or follow How it Happen so you can uh, tune in to Mike. He has over 250 episodes. I personally have listened and A lot of value add. So uh, if you're in, if you're looking to grow in leadership, success principles, this is a great one to add to your repertoire. Um, And he is also the author of the book Owner Shift, How Getting Selfish Got Me Unstuck, which is another brilliant title. So uh you're, you're so good at titling, Mike, but thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time to be here.
1: Does thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this as well. Yeah, let's do it.
0: Yeah, let's do this. Well, you know, mm. I the place that I would love to start is your personal story. So entrepreneurship is obviously where you are. It's your bread and butter. I know you help entrepreneurs today, but... Yeah is did you envision when you were growing up that this is where you'd see yourself? Like, tell me a little bit of your backstory.
1: Yeah, so kinda sorta, um, when I was four years old, I lived, or we lived, my parents and I and my sisters, we lived across the street from a construction company. And I would, I remember sitting on the curb in the summers, in the afternoons, and I would just be watching the, the men bring their equipment back, and I, the whole, th- everything about it, the noise and the smoke and the smell and, and the guys themselves were uh, uh, exciting to me. And, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, what is this? You know, I could, I could, I could understand the activity, but I didn't really understand what was, what was going on. Um, but I thought to myself that whatever was happening there, that was like the coolest thing in the world to me. So it was like my own sort of coolness on the curb in front of the house. Des. And um, so I think the kind of sort of thing is, I think that there was an entrepreneurial seed planted in me on that curb, watching what was happening and trying to make a four-year-old sense out of what is a business. Um, but then, you know, life kind of went on and we moved and i went to school and you know grade school high school college and and uh, kind of all of that just was way back here it's just in the background i i never thought of it when i and when i got to college at least so i i went to college in the in the in the mid 80s and there really wasn't anyone talking about starting a business that I was hanging out with. Everyone was, you know, it was about, you know, get a job or go to uh, get an advanced degree, a law degree, a medical degree, an MBA, something like that. And I, by the time I was ready to graduate, I just, I had no interest in doing more school. But along the way, um, between my junior and senior years, I got a job driving a garbage truck. And I, I, you know, so I kept my love of trucks the whole time, but the whole business thing was like way back there, as I said. So I got a job driving a garbage truck, and I, I, it, it was amazing to me how much I appreciated that business, learning that business, at least from a driver's standpoint. Um, and it just intrigued me as something that I could do, and you know, sort of like. And so I got a job as a management trainee after college with a very large, uh, trash company. And I moved around for, um, you know, I I was, I sort of had this say yes to everything, you know? So I, I, whenever they asked me to do something new, I said, yes, it was just immediate. And so I moved around and I moved up and I was, uh, you know, on my way to, I thought, you know, being a lifer, you know, and being a, a career, becoming an executive, becoming and being a career executive there, maybe the CEO one day. But about five years into that, um, I got a call from my boss. And the short story was, he came up to see me that afternoon. We had a little chit chat, a little chit chat. It was about me getting fired. So this dream that I had about moving up and maybe being the CEO um, got sort of crushed that day. And uh, I went through a, so that's hard, right? I, that, that was hard, but, but what was great about it, and that's where this kind of sort of thing comes in is, you know, a few months after that, I met a guy, his name was Butch. He said, Hey, you know, I've been thinking about this and I, uh, you know, maybe if you want to start a business, we could start a business together. And I was like, well, you know, first of all, I came out of left field, but second of all, I was like, wait a second. You know, this, this seed that was planted in me when I was four years old, maybe this guy has come along to kind of water it. That's how I think about it now, germinate it, you know, fertilize it. And, and ultimately, um, you know, we, that's what we did. We ended up starting a, 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 a trucking company for, you know, a waste trucking company. And, um, yeah, and we were off to the entrepreneurial, uh, for the entrepreneurial, on the entrepreneurial journey, I guess, Does
0: Wow. That is incredible to go from you're losing your job basically about you to then starting a company. That's a big shift.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Six months, six months from the time that, that, that I was fired to the time we started. Yeah. And not knowing anything of course, and not having thought about it even, you know, ever seriously beyond what a four year old thinks about these things.
0: Yeah. Well, and that you know, and that leads me to a question, which is, there's there's different people that are tuning in to the show. Mm-hmm. You know, those that um, may have their own business, a lot of uh, entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit, spirits spirits, um, but some who are uh, in the space of thinking of if they should, yeah, because they have yeah. a passion. There's something that they they've been noodling on, it's been brewing in the back of their mind that maybe it starts off as, as many people do as a side hustle, which then blossoms into a bigger business. But one of the biggest challenges is getting started. Um, And to, to your very point, you, you don't know everything. Yeah. So what, what would you tell, what would you say to that person who's kind of in that struggle of getting started, as you think back to when you when you started your first company. Well, you know, um, what?
1: So I was kind of like, you know, out of options. Right? I didn't. I, I, my, my career had been had been halted, and I was kind of just in a position where I needed something to do, right? So, so maybe a little bit different than someone who's, um, you know, going along with a job and sort of has this thought that maybe. You know, or they're doing a side hustle, or they're they're sort of experimenting with it. But, but nonetheless, I think what I would say, um, knowing what I know now, is, it, until, until it's really eating away at you in your gut, to do this, I wouldn't do it, uh, because. Um, this sort of back of the head, back of the mind sort of idea, that's not enough. If you get into it with just that, uh, it's going to be uh, tough. It's going to be tough if you get into it, you, you know, when, when it's really strong in your gut, but there's a certain, I think, a certain commitment that comes with that feeling where your brain is already convinced that you can make it, which by the way, isn't enough, but it's it's enough to get started. Whereas... The other is sort of like, you know, not your brain's not fully committed to it. And I just feel like if you're not fully committed to it, it's going to be easy for you to not make it.
0: Yeah. It might be easy for you to make excuses though. Oh, sure. Well, about why you didn't make it. Sure. Of (laughs) course. Right.
1: right. There's no room for excuses though in the entrepreneurial life. That's the thing. Um, a plenty of entrepreneurs that make the them, <laughs> but there's no room for them because you're really in charge. If you're a real entrepreneur, the 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 blame is the only one place for anything, and that's right right at your feet. So you got to deal with that.
0: Yeah. Well, and this, you know, I'm gonna ask this question, and I and I've interviewed so many entrepreneurs, and I don't think I've ever asked this question, but just hearing you talk is making me think this, which is Can anybody really be an entrepreneur?
1: Well, um, I believe that if you're willing to do, if you're one of the 5% of the people in the world who's willing to do what the other 95% aren't willing to do, then the answer is yes. Um, Regardless of your background or where you came from or what your parents did or what your career has been so far, if you're willing to do that and you have a, you know, you don't have to have a monumental idea, you just have a decent idea and you execute it and you're willing to do, um, you know, what what I think only 5% at the most of people are willing to do, then, then yes, I don't think you're, I don't think I was born an entrepreneur. I don't think a lot of people were born at, something happens along the way that they happen to be paying attention to or they can't ignore that flips the, 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 the switch.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is good. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you about and learning about your story is how did you know when it was the right time for you to sell the businesses that you started and grew?
1: Hmm. Well, um, the first one, how did I know it was time? Um, what happened was I had, had partners for the whole time that we had the business from the very beginning, great partnership, um, that lasted, uh, we were, we were 20 years in our partnership and two, and, and my, my two partners, I had two remaining partners and they were both, um, let's say 15 years older than, than I was. So I was sort of the young person. So they stuck around for all this time and now they wanted to um you know they wanted to to get the re- the reward and i wanted that too because i wanted to own the business you know 100% um for the first time uh, ever and so that was in 2013 we put a we we put a um you know a deal together to to buy them out and it was great you know they they got you know, a, a very nice return. And I, and I was, you know, the hundred percent owner of the business. And, um, and, and I was really happy with that. I was, I was really happy with that. Now the, the, on the one hand, on the other hand, we were, we had to borrow a lot of money in order to facilitate that. And so we, we had to borrow a lot of money to, to pay those shares out. And that caused us to be mm-hmm. To not be able to grow, particularly by acquisition, like we had been able to grow prior. And I was fine with that too, although it wasn't as exciting for me as maybe it had been because that's a part that I enjoyed. I enjoyed finding businesses to buy and doing the, you know, figuring out how to get a deal done, figuring out how to integrate it into the company and do all the, and meet all kinds of great new people along the way. Um, so we weren't able to do that, um, which was, as I said, was fine. But then, um, in, in, uh, it's 2014, a large company, uh, came along and said they were interested in, in ours. And at first I dismissed it because I hadn't been, I hadn't been, um, uh, in, you know, uh, intentionally planning for that. So I just thought, well, that's nice but we're just going to keep doing it and then doing our thing. And then um, that was around Thanksgiving, Des. And then over the Christmas holiday, I started thinking about it a, a little bit more. And I started doing some, um, uh, you know, projections and I, I just sort of modeled it out. And I, I also thought to myself, it was the first time in a long time that we didn't have anything else going on in the business. So like we weren't being, this is going to sound weird, but you know, we weren't being sued by anybody and we weren't in any, having, we didn't have any regulatory issues and it's a lot of things that go along with the waste business. We just didn't have anything, which was unusual to not have anything. And so I did that modeling. I thought about that. And then um, you know, I re-engaged with them and I said, look, you know, if, if we can, uh, I think the business is worth this, if we can get to that, to that number, we'll, we'll consider it. And, um, uh, the short story is they got to that number, we considered it and that's how we got to, uh, that's how we ended up selling the business. Wow. Yeah. That's, so that's the first story. Um, do you want the second story as well?
0: Yeah, I would love to. I mean, that's, it's not, you know, it's not always that people get to that point, you know, and, and there could be somebody listening today with a business and have not even thought about selling their business to any interested party you know
1: well um that's a great point and I, i i did say that i was not being intentional about selling the business and i think it's an important distinction for people to 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 um to to understand that even though it wasn't i wasn't intentionally marketing the business we had been preparing to sell the business for a long long time and what i and i don't mean we were we were preparing to bring it to market. We were preparing our business to be marketable. In other words, you know, we had, you know, our systems and processes were all written down and they were um, documented. We had our financial statements were audited and they were amazingly detailed and there was no funny business in them, right? There was no, like a lot of companies have all kinds of funny business going on in their stuff. We didn't have any of that. We had a good management team, a capable, competent management team. We had, you know, we we just had a lot of things that were that we had uh, uh, over the years known that we need to have in order for us to eventually, one day, if it were to happen, um, you know, be prepared to sell the business because selling a business is a, is not an easy thing to do. You usually hear the stories about how, what people walk away with in terms of money. Um, but that's like, that's the end of the process and getting there, uh, is, is very painstakingly difficult and challenging. It seems weird. Like it'd be easy to sell something, but it's not because when people are spending a lot of money for something, they really want to know a lot about it. They really want to be sure. Um, so anyway, that was just an aside on the on that um I think that's important for people to know. On the second the second time that um we started a business, I I the, the first time I would call it like a bootstrap, you know, just you know, nose to the grindstone thing. Like I'd been fired, got together with this other guy, we put all of our money up and we just went to work. The the second time I was able to partner with a private equity firm on a, on an idea I had an idea that we could do this, uh, similar type of business, but, you know, we could grow it by acquiring businesses, establishing a, a foundation or platform and then, and then, you know, leveraging that to build a, build a nice business. And we, um, we did that and we were fortunate to, to get that all put together. And, and in, in a very, in a very short period of time, th- less than three years all in, we we just happened to attract a lot of um attention and um uh and interest and uh so we decided to sell the business but this time we did we used an investment banking firm we put a whole what's generally referred to as a process together we sort of created an auction for the business and it just so happened that the, the waste business or the environmental business is sort of on this, uh, you know, riding the ESG sort of wave right now, which it wasn't when the first time I, I sold. Um, there's just all this interest of companies that want to invest in that, in those types of businesses for whatever reason um so we we were fortunate to ride the wave of that des and we got um you know just tremendous interest and and in a short period of time we were able to you know select someone and and um and sell that business for um for a really really nice return for for everyone
0: wow yeah i think i i love hearing these stories i love it because you're you're showing the arc really of entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship is this this idea and innovation. How something starts building something, and all of the the facets that go into whether it makes sense for somebody to to want to sell. Right. Um, because some sometimes somebody may not even think about that until they're approached to say, "Hey, have you thought about yeah this? Because <laughs> I, you know what I mean." <coughs>
1: excuse me, I do. And it's, I think in my experience, at least it's most of the time does, they don't think about it at all. And then someone comes along and they get really excited about it because someone's, you know, intimated that they're going to pay a, you know a nice number for the business or something. Um, but then, as I mentioned before, that's really, there's a lot of hard work that goes into selling a business. And if you're not prepared for it before someone comes along and offers you something for it, Two things are probably going to happen. One, you're going to be very, very frustrated because you're just not anticipating all the things that someone will ask you for and need, and all the time that that will be required. And the second thing is you're you're probably not going to. Um, I don't want to say you'll be taken advantage of because that's probably too strong, but you you will not be on the strength side of. The negotiation typically because you just haven't prepared for it. So, um, so preparing. Mm-hmm. So my, my my thing that I try to tell everybody is get prepared to sell the business and operate it like you're going to sell it, even if you don't think you'll ever sell the business. Because your business, not only will you be ready if if someone does come along or you do decide to sell, but your business will run better than it ever will if you if you um, don't you know don't um, engage in that exercise in, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. I, I would just imagine that if you went so far to at least plan for it, even if you weren't, you become so thorough because you are thinking about that possibility of the kinds of things that people ask. It's like when I, it's like when I watch, which I think people are familiar with this, when you watch the show Shark Tank. Yeah. You know, which in, in that case, you're looking for investors into your business, not necessarily selling your business. But you, you, there's all these questions that someone asks you, you know, about the valuation of it and the return on your investment and how much it costs to make a product and before they, you know, so they know your margin. I mean, there's all these things that you get asked. So you have to be prepared for somebody who is willing to, you know, to have any set kind of partnership with you. And I think that's similar when you're in that journey to yeah definitely sale, definitely similar important.
1: yeah because they are investing in your business they're buying it but they're really investing in it that's what they're doing so yeah great that's a great example mm-hmm. yeah watch yeah. shark tank well, if you so, can't so answer you, so if, if you can't answer the shark tank questions you're probably not ready to sell your business <laughs> yeah, yeah right
0: yeah yeah I yeah mean, good example i, you know, I see that yeah. and i I see the difference too, where there's some people who are so thorough, they know their, the numbers like the back of their hand, you know, and that's why they have different people, people that are in different lanes, you know, there's a creative person and the strategy person, there's a finance person, yeah. and they've got all of that. And then there's some people who get asked questions, and they're like, "Digger in the headlights. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how to answer right, you. Right, right, right. You know. Um, they show you the whole so spectrum, so yeah. It's a good yeah, yeah. But it's it's fun though. It's 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 a, a fun way to see like very quickly the kinds of things that people are are thinking through. Um but I'm I'm really curious because you've obviously gone through that experience, but then how did you get into the business of helping entrepreneurs? So how did you make that decision to to want to help people in their journeys? Yeah. Um the the
1: the book is the short answer. I've been, yeah. I've been helping and working with entrepreneurs sort of casually and in peer to peer groups and that kind of thing for a long time. Um, but yeah, when I, when I, after I wrote the book, people <clears throat> would read it and just reach out and ask me if I, you know, did uh, coaching or advising or, or whatever you, you want to call it. And I, I thought to myself, well, um, you know, I really haven't, I, it's, it wasn't an intention of mine, but, um, but once people started asking, I, I, it occurred to me that I, um, you know, it's always like like having a business is always about what, are, are, if people are willing to reach out to you and they're willing to invest for something that you have, then it might be a business. And so uh, I just use that, um, I don't know, you call it market research. And, um, you know, it told me that, you know, my experiences and what, what I've been through and, and how I see the world and how I see people and situations and, uh, you know, might be valuable to, to entrepreneurs who are looking to, um, you know, get bigger, accomplish something they haven't before, get unstuck if they're stuck, you know, fix their help, help, help them fix, you know, how they see the world. Um, Just, you know, just make them, you know, what I'm really trying to do is, is help entrepreneurs create the futures they want rather than the futures that they think they're going to get as a result of their journey. And then, you know, make that future happen more.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things you mentioned, you know, as it relates to your book, is being in the valley of uncertainty. Yeah. And then having to make a shift. Yeah. Can you talk about what that was for you?
1: Sure. Um, well, in October of 2003, um, my partner Butch who i had mentioned earlier the one who sort of came to me originally with this idea to start a business um he was he he was uh burned very badly in a fire <clears throat> at one of our uh, facilities and a couple of days later he passed away from the the injuries that he suffered and we were about 11 years into the business at that point and uh, you know, we'd had plenty of good things happen, but we'd have, we'd had plenty of real significant challenges. And then this, which was by far the most significant challenge that we'd ever faced. And I, I was really that, that when that happened, I was, I was already, um, sort of ground down to nothing. And when Butch passed away, I, I, that's when I, described in the book as dropping into this place I call the valley of of uncertainty. And that, I call it that because I think, now that, would, you know, my, whatever my circumstances were that led me there are, are my own. But I think based on my experience with a lot of entrepreneurs is they, they all, or most all of them at one point or another have a combination of uh circumstances uh in their business or in their personal life or both that 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 cause them to end up in a similar valley. And the valley is a place where you know you you I, you know, I call it the place where entrepreneurs go to feel sorry for themselves. They go there to expire. They go there to question the world. They go there to blame somebody. They go there to do everything except what, um, they're uniquely built and, and, um, and you know, have the responsibility to do. And, um, so easy. So yeah, that's, that's, that's what it is, um. Why it was beneficial for me to name it um, was one to make it sort of uh, normal, you know, because I think it is normal. Um, But also to, by naming it, I was able to sort of figure out okay, how did I get there? And then what happened along the way that helped me get out of there? And, um, I think that a lot of entrepreneurs get there, as I said, and they stay there. They, they don't figure out a way to get out of there and the valley becomes just their existence. So in, in the, in the book, I separate the journey, the entrepreneurial journey into four sections and and the valley is number three. That's the break section. So, you know, you start off in the dream section where that's when that gut's really calling you, Des, right? It's saying, you, you know, your brain's saying, you got to do this, right? And, and you convince yourself that it's going to be great. Everything's going to work out fine. And, boy, if you can stay there, you're in great shape. But most, most of us don't stay there. We, we We move on to what I call the grind stage. And the grind stage is when all of the stuff that you never even anticipated thought about or contemplated in the dream stage comes to, you know, it comes knocking and it needs an answer. Um, Just all the stuff that comes with running a business. And that starts to wear away at that dream to a point where you, you don't even sometimes know what the hell you got into this for in the first place, you know? So it just, it's really, really hard. And if, if you're not, you know, if you are not actively uh building back upon what all what what the everyday grind is taking away from you, you end up broken at one point. And that's the break stage, that's where the valley is. And um and that's a bad spot to be. But like I said, I think it's some place where most of us end up at at some point. And then um, so the question is then, okay, well, if that's where I'm at, am I is this where I'm going to stay? And if I'm, if I am going to stay here, I'm going to have a lot of company because a lot of entrepreneurs do that. They just stay there. And that's why businesses, businesses either stay the same or they start getting smaller, just the, the whole effort, the whole, the whole job of being an entrepreneur has, has been wiped away from that particular entrepreneur. And so they're no longer doing what they're supposed to be doing, creating a bigger, um, better future for themselves and for everybody around them. Instead, they're just preser- trying to trying to just get through the day and hold on to what they have. Um, and so in the four stages breakthrough, and that's where I'm, you know, that's where I, 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 that's where I was able to get fortunately. And that's where I want everybody to, uh, to get, because the reality is, um, at least in my view, you, You may not be happy about being in the Valley, but if you see it and recognize it as the place that you designed yourself to be, so you orchestrated it, you architected it, you designed it, you designed a system in your business that ended up putting you there in the Valley. Um, If you don't like that, which I hope you don't, but if you don't like that, the good news is that if you were able to design the system that was so perfect to put you there and that's not where you want to be, the chances are that with some help you can design a system that pulls you out of there and gets you where you do in fact want to be. So you already have the power, you you know, you, you, you have the power. So are you going to use the power that you have to redesign, to get out of the valley, or are you going to just give up, give in, uh, to, uh, you know, n- not recognize the power you have any longer and just stay put. Um, so that's the valley. Wow.
0: Don't stay in the valley. Yeah, don't stay. Everyone, yes. don't, don't, don't do that. That's amazing. Well, I, I started listening to this book. It made me think about it, what you were saying. Um, and now it's making me want to get through it faster <laughs> based on everything you just said, but it's by Adam Grant. Oh and uh it's called think again and and the whole concept of think again is that sometimes we you we get very stuck in our thinking it's natural right you know um and it's difficult for us to get out of our own way our own thinking to be open-minded and we tend to want to preserve there's like this primitive brain that wants to preserve what we know and so we we vacillate back and forth between um that and uh innovation and and kind of getting outside of a rut and going forward one of the examples that he talked about in the book that i can recall is like the person who invented the blackberry hmm. and like one of the things that they were struggling through was because uh, it was awesome at first yeah to focus on your wor- your work emails it was great i had a blackberry at one I? point in my consulting career, and I, thought, I thought it was awesome. This is, this is great. Love the BlackBerry. Uh, but then here comes along this this company called Apple, I mm-hmm. think something. Yeah. <laughs> so Apple comes along and has this idea to make basically a little computer that you could hold in your hand. And the owner of the blackberry or inventor of the BlackBerry was like, "That's too much," you know like making a browser, like how fast is it really going to go, and all these different questions. So needless to say, we know where that went, right? But the whole concept of think again is that, you know, if you don't – if you stay in the valley, you're not going to get to the – the place where you're going to have these new ideas or how you look at the same problem and learn to attack it with a different frame of mind. Yeah. And essentially that's what your competitors are doing every day. You know, whether you're a sandwich shop and you're trying to be the better sandwich shop uh, or the coffee shop or something down the street, or you're in the retail space or a service space. I mean, there's always going to be this competition. There's always going to be, you know, um, innovation that is just waiting you know, an ingenuity that's just out there waiting to be on un- unlocked or unleashed. So I, I love your, you talking about the Valley because that's exactly where so many of the famous entrepreneurs that we've been exposed to have been.
1: Yeah. And that's a great, that's a great example on the BlackBerry. I'm glad you brought up Adam, Adam Grant, because the, um, you know, they, it was like, oh, that's too much. And then it was that nobody's going to want to type without a keyboard um you know it's it, it's just never going to work because of these because of these things it's a you know they'd say well it's really just a you know it's really just like a glorified iPod right it's just a music bigger music player right. and yeah. i think um can pay attention to this one of the things that that leads leads us into the valley and gets us to stay there too are these stories that we tell ourselves based on our experiences so we i call them fallacies we we you know we we have something happen and we tell ourselves a story about it that story is truth right that's what we call truth and we hold on to mm-hmm. that for a really long time and we tell ourselves that that truth is a truth that story is a truth and that's just the way it is and what i discovered in the in when i was in the valley was that a lot of these truths that i was telling myself were really just uh untruths they were i call them fallacies they were just stories that i told myself about things that um maybe they even were true at one time but you know the thing about truth is like it's just what you tell yourself it is and i had been telling myself things like you know asking for help is like cheating right because that's kind of how school is right you come up and you Right. You, you know, you take a test, and you if you ask for help, you get in trouble. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I've been so that's one example of things I've been telling myself. And so I was always like, I got to figure this out on my own. I have to figure this out on my own because getting help is cheating. And I would tell myself that over and over, and I believed it. Well, that's just not true. Um, and I had a number of these fallacies that I talk about in the book, and I think everyone has these as well. You know, they 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 just. You know, you're just so close to something and you've built a belief system around it. And without someone pointing it out to you, you don't even recognize it. You just, and it perpetuates and it really affects your belief system. And it gets, to me, it, it's, it's, it's a big reason why, another big reason why people get stuck and stay there.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I love my favorite part of your book title is how getting selfish got me unstuck. Right. I want to ask you about that. What was it? What was the catalyst for? Yeah. For that. I think that's really powerful. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people thinking like, Ooh, yeah, that's intriguing.
1: Well, thanks for asking. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of, you know, it's one of those things where we've been taught that the word selfish is a horrible word. And and it it kind of is the way that we've traditionally defined it or assigned it to people. You know that we we look at people that we think are uh, egotistical or conceited, and we call them selfish. And maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But um, what I found when I was in the valley, that part of the reason that I was there was because I was selfless. I was taught. And I believed, you know, like these fallacies, for example, that I was talking about, I was taught and I believed that my role as the, as the entrepreneur and as the leader of the company was to put everybody before me, um, make everyone's problem more important than my problem, be the person that all the problems had to come to so that I could prove my value and solve those problems. Um, and I could go on and on and on about that. But the, 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 what I recognized uh, with some help was that um, the, the, the reason that I was relying on this notion of being selfless be- was because um, I'd convinced myself in the dream stage and the grind stage of the business that that's what was necessary. And maybe it was. But I never realized when that was no longer necessary, um, and as a result, I built a system for myself that was based on, you know, re- responsiveness and was based on being the hero and you know putting out fires and all these sort of cliches that you hear. But uh, what I was really doing was um, avoiding the work that I was really supposed to be doing, right? The work that I was really supposed to be doing was figuring out what I wanted out of this business, getting really clear about it, and then creating a story for everyone and then a system and a process for everyone to help us get to that future, the future we wanted to own. And by, by being selfless, I was avoiding that work. I was avoiding the the work that I was supposed to be doing because it's hard and it's easier to just, to just create something that, um, I could use as an excuse. I don't have time to do that because I've got all this stuff coming at me all the time. Uh, does that sound familiar? Probably sounds familiar to a lot of people. I don't have time. So for that, so my, the, the reason I use that as the subtitle for the book is that I needed to become selfish before I could be a f- really effective as a selfless leader. Like I, anyone could be a selfless leader and be completely ineffective at their job. Yeah. But, um, but I just, uh, and, as I was being, I was being that I was that, but by getting selfish, getting clear, getting focused, however you want us to, 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 to say it, was the way for me to get out of the valley, begin to break through, figure out what 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 I wanted my future to look like, and then get to work owning that, making that future my property, like mine, not anybody else's. So that's what that's what I mean by selfish.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Does it make sense?
0: I think it's brilliant. Okay. It makes so much sense. And and I, I, I love it. I, I think it's, it's, it's provocative because you're absolutely right. I think we, many people want to be pillars of service, myself included. Yeah. I mean, I say it all the time. You know, I do this because I feel more fulfilled doing for others that is something bigger than myself, right. you know, coaching and helping people is allowing me to help people fulfill their dreams, their goals, their wishes, their desires, their wants. But you're right. When you, when you don't have focus, you don't have clarity, you can't do that job. <laughs> yeah, You're, you're unable to effectively execute your talents, your gifts, your you know, abilities when you don't have everything in order for yourself. So I, I think it's, it's vitally important to pay attention um, and to, to continue paying attention. It's something I I look at as iterative. Um, You know, it's not just like a one-time thing. Mm. And that's why you, you know, are having to evaluate regularly. Where are you? Where do you want to be? What do you need to do differently? Um, and that's actually in service of others. Yeah. So, and if you can pull it off,
1: if you can pull it off without anyone thinking that you are egotistical, that you are conceited, then, you know, that's where the magic happens, right? So I, I'm, so I just want to be clear on that. You know, if I, the way I define selfish is very particular, um, and it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not you know, it's not the person who's, you know, it's all about me, you know, even though it is all about you because it has to be all about you in order for it to be about other people. So get clear on it and then you can be selfless. Don't be selfless first and expect that that's going to lead to the promised land or whatever you, however you define that, because that's going to be tough and you're going to be frustrated.
0: And Yeah. yeah. I agree. I totally agree with that. So then what? led you to start your podcast.
1: Well, after I after I sold that the first business we talked about, Des, I I was looking for something creative to do. And I'd always been interested in writing um just as a like a hobby, I guess, more than anything else. So I I started writing a blog and it was such a lot of work. There was a lot of work to, you know, painstaking over an idea and trying to articulate that in a way that was interesting to people. And, um, I love the exercise part of it. I really didn't feel like people cared. I didn't feel like people were noticing. I didn't feel like reading was the way to writing and then expecting someone to read it was the way to, um, you know, for me to get better at expressing my ideas or exploring my curiosity. And so, I'd been listening to podcasts for a little while, and I thought to myself, "Well, maybe I'll try this because um, I feel like it's a great—you know—I'm—I'm—I'm—I—I I'm, I, I felt like I was pretty decent having, you know, conversations with with people, and um, and I thought, you know, if nothing else, doing the podcast would give me an opportunity to explore my own curiosity. And if, if that's all I got out of it, then that would be a win for me because I would learn something, meet new people and explore my curiosity. And that's how I got into it initially. And then as I went along, um, it became clear to me that the people that I was talking to, um, could really, um, significantly impact a lot of people. And so I started, started to get a little clearer about what my mission was in doing the podcast. And ultimately I came to um, you know, my, my mission really is to dig deep into stories of success, to get to the clues of how it happened and, and why it mattered. Um, and I'm, you know, with every show that I do, I wanna inspire, activate and maximize the greatness that's already in everybody that's listening or, or watching. Um, but it's in there, but it's just not, you know, activated, I guess is the biggest, that's the biggest word out of there. You know, it's one thing to inspire someone, but it's a whole nother thing for the person to activate because the person has to activate themselves. I don't think you can inspire someone into greatness. They have to, they have to activate you. Maybe you'll use a different word, but I use activate. And so that's what I'm trying to do with every episode. And, you know, uh, you mentioned at the beginning, I've got, I've got over 250 so far. And, um, it's, it's, it's just really fulfilling. Well, one first of, first of all, it's great to be able to talk to people like talk to you talk to, you know, all these people that I never would have otherwise met, um, and explore their stories in a way that you never have time to do at a cocktail party or a networking event mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and then share it with everybody and 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 have people say you know something nice about it um or leave you a nice review uh, uh or or um uh do something like you said at the beginning you know what you know we, we talked about entrepreneurs whether the sort of whether they're born or whatever you know if we can activate someone to do something that they wouldn't have otherwise done because the guests that they listened to resonated with them as being just like them at some point in their life. And this is what they did. And if they can do that, I can Mm -hmm. do that. Uh, So that's why I do the podcast. I
0: I love it. I love the premise of the show. I love the guests that you have on. And it adds so much value. I, I, I love so much how you've how you've created that platform, and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited to have found it because it's something Thank that you. I would absolutely continue pointing people to, for sure. But I, I want to spend these last couple minutes, Mike, asking you a few questions for people to just get to know you okay. a little better. Um, and I, it's so aligned, uh, you know, you sharing the valley and you sharing the breakthrough that hopefully everybody feels uh encouraged to get to if you feel like you're in the valley right now cuz if you are Mike and I have both been there yes. <laughs> so you're you're not alone but the whole goal is getting you out of there so my first question for you is is what makes you unbreakable so you've obviously made a breakthrough how how do you know or how did you know that you were unbreakable
1: well um I, I, I think the way to answer that is I am breakable, but I don't stay broken. Um, And it gets back to what that 5% thing I I, I believe in, you know, that 5% of the people will do what 95% of the people won't do. I, I humbly believe that I'm in that 5%. So you can break me for a short period of time, but I will come back together like the Terminator sort of you know, that guy in the Terminator comes back together, I will come back together and I will learn from being broken and I will move forward.
0: Perseverance.
1: Yeah. Perseverance. I love it.
0: That's so good. Okay. Mike, what is one thing that's on your bucket list?
1: Uh, I would like, I would very much like to be a legit uh, New York times best-selling author like legit meaning. I don't want to buy it. I want to, I want, you know, I want to do something that's so good that people think that, that people, you know, get me there. Um, that's a big challenge. I think.
0: That is fantastic. That is a fantastic bucket list item. I love that. And I, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that that can happen based on everything that you've done. Thank you. Um, because people are already at your footsteps waiting to, to, to hear from you every day about what's going on in your world and, and certainly the people that you're engaging with. Um, okay, what is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome?
1: A uh, uh, self-limiting belief that I've had to overcome was one, the one I mentioned about uh, asking for help. And I'd say I will add another one and that is, you know, I, for a long time, I had what I call a perfect problem, um, where if I didn't think that something was done perfectly, I would not want it to be out in the world. And I've I've changed that dramatically where, um, you know, I'm I'm more of a good enough is good enough for now, because once it's out in the world, the world will tell me uh, how to improve it and i was using the perfect problem as a way to just not put stuff out not be scared that it would to to be afraid that if it wasn't perfect it would reflect on me personally and i would be it would become a part of me which is ridiculous so that's how those are two
0: Well, I've suffered that right alongside you. Okay, good. And I uh, certainly, certainly have realized that uh, focusing on perfect means you don't quite don't quite get much done, because you are ruminating over absolutely everything that needs to be perfect, and it takes forever. So yeah, it's being selfish right. in a bad yeah, way. You no, know? yeah, yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> you know, um, you know what what could have been done in a couple months has now become a year. 18 months, 24 months. And in that time, you could have already gotten months worth of feedback from all kinds of people that have, would have been using your service or your product or something. So yeah, yeah, that that's a, whew, that's a good one. really good. Okay. What about on the opposite end of that, uh, you know, overcoming your self-limiting belief is, uh, what's one of your superpowers? What would you say that you're really good at?
1: I think I'm, I, I think I'm pretty good at asking questions that most people won't think to ask. Um, so not just in a, in a, you know, in the podcast, uh, arena, but just in the, just in, you know, business or just everyday regular life. I, I just feel like I have, um, a curiosity that takes me places that most people don't, don't think to, to go. Um, and then I and as a result, I, I can often get answers to things that um, other people won't get answers to.
0: Yeah, that's a good gift. When you ask good questions, you can get a whole world of information that can can unlock quite a bit. So I I would say yes, if you have that talent, then it can do wonders. Mike, if there was one last piece of advice that you could give to anyone listening? What would it be? Well,
1: um, th- I think it would be this. Um, I have this this chapter in the book called The Five Words, and the five words is, my future is my property. And I didn't make that up, that a, a guy, I heard a, a, a fellow named Dan Sullivan say that one day when I was driving in my car with a CD in there when people still listen to CDs. And he was telling a story and he said, my future is my property. And that struck me like a baseball bat across the head because when I heard that, I believed that the future was not something that you could own. It was not something you could influence. It was something that just happened. And at the time that I heard it, I was in the valley and I had been telling myself that you know, the future is going to be just like the past and the past has been, you know, gotten me here and there's a lot of pain with that. And I don't want to do that. So why would I keep doing this if it's just going to be the same? So when I heard Dan say, my future is my property, I, it completely shifted how I was thinking. And it put the responsibility on me to be selfish, get selfish, you know, figure out the future I actually wanted and then get to work making it happen.
0: Yeah, that's extreme ownership. And I love that. That is awesome. So Mike, how can people follow you, get in touch with you, keep up with what you're doing?
1: Sure. Uh, um, My website is probably the best place to go. It's just my name, Mike Malatesta. That's M-A-L-A-T-E-S-T-A dot com. Uh, my podcast is there. My book is there. About me is there. My coaching business is there. Everything you want to know about me is there, and you can connect with me on my socials there as well. So go to my website. It's just my name, Mike Malatesta.
0: That's that's awesome. I like it when it's it's simple. And it's all in one place, yeah. which makes it so easy <laughs> to remember the twenty-six different ways that you can get in touch yeah, with Yeah, right, somebody. sure. It's all there on the website. Exactly, I know. There's just you know, there's way too many new social medias coming out faster than I can keep up with it. So yeah, me too. Um, you know, probably probably in a year there'll be someone that we we don't even know about yet. The next the next wave of whatever comes after TikTok in the and all of that, yeah, will <laughs>
1: definitely be something. That's for sure. That is for sure. But this
0: has been a very enlightening hour. I I'm so grateful for your stories, that hopefully have inspired, not just inspired, but will activate uh-huh. somebody today. And that just that aligns so well with what I always say at the end of my show, which is, "You're your only limit. Take action. Like it's your responsibility." Mm-hmm. You know, you, we are the people that get in the way of our of, of us taking action. And once we eliminate that, we can we can move forward and do something. So you and I are aligned on that. So just thank you so much for, for coming on. I really appreciate you. Yeah,
1: thanks for having me on your show, Des. This has been a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed it. Thank you,
0: Mike Malatesta. Phenomenal conversation. What a brilliant man, has done so much in entrepreneurship and is one of the first people that I've really spent time talking to that has sold more than one business and at a hefty price tag, like I mentioned, eight and nine figure deals. So a lot of great learning. I hope you took away as much as I did from this episode. But what struck me the most, although I could pick many things, is The valley of uncertainty, the valley of uncertainty. I think it applies to entrepreneurship, certainly, but I think it applies in many other areas of life as well. It's very easy for us to get stuck and feel uncertain. It takes energy, intentionality, belief, grit, all of that in order for us to persevere, make some difficult decisions, and choose to have a breakthrough. So I would invite you today to think about where you're at in your stage of life in entrepreneurship, if that is the journey that you're on right now. Are you in the dream stage? Are you in the grind stage? Are you in the valley of uncertainty? Or are you in the breakthrough? That's ultimately where we want to be. And in order for us to do that, it takes us having ingenuity and thinking differently. So I'm happy to be able to recommend that book that I'm currently listening to. You can listen to it alongside with me. Um, A friend of mine, Autumn. Hey, Autumn, if you're listening, she's actually the one who recommended it to me. So I have to give her that shout out. Uh, But Adam Grant, again, is the author. I really enjoy his content. Uh, Take a listen. It really is great for us to think about how we think and how to push ourselves to continue to think differently because what we once believed may no longer serve us today. And we may need to adopt some new, revised, evolved thinking as difficult as that may be. Considering, uh, you know, look at the evolutions that we've gone through in the world. We're experiencing a world war as we speak well, a war, maybe not a world war, and hopefully it doesn't turn into that yet, but a war nonetheless, as we see what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, it's, there's, I would call, and of course now I'm getting into my personal opinion here, uh, but that's okay, because you've, you've tuned in and uh, this, is, this is what you get sometimes. Um, in my assessment, there's old thinking. That is attached to the the uh, you know the catalyst of this particular war, and so uh, it is imperative for us to continue to think think anew in order for us to get past and not repeat certain things in history. So I'll leave it there. This is uh, not intended to be a political platform, although I did major in political science. For anybody who was curious about that, um, but thank you for tuning in. It means the world to me. If you haven't yet had an opportunity, I would very much appreciate you rating and reviewing the show. It takes less than 30 seconds. Just go out there, especially if you are an Apple user, uh, just scroll down there to the bottom of your podcast. You could see a place where you can click the star ratings and just write write a few words about what you think about this particular episode or just the show overall. I appreciate you. Remember that you you are your only limit, so take action today and tune in again next time for another inspiring episode that hopefully activates you here again soon. Thanks for listening.